Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that one shot Can I say something that I think is bullshit? You're a fool, agent. Yes, we sell out. He also told me he was on acid. Now you better wash that mic off. I was gonna fill it up with my own urine. Alcoholica. And I talked about digging a hole in a fucking dirt, smoking hash through the ground. Oh, I don't know. There's all kinds of shit. I'm shower filled with women. Set your ass down, Lara. Shoot a pair of women's legs walking down the street. Eight women washing you down at once, you know. Come up here, Lars points to me. <laughs> And his skin is bubbling like on the Toxic Avenger. Boyfriends and dads looking for me. Ten minutes? Singing along, fucking along, doing the something the fuck along. Here we go! This is Mick Rock, also known as the voice on Enter Sandman. You're listening to a podcast for all. Don't go motherfucking crazy! Welcome back to the podcast for all. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Linslow. Season 11, episode 8. Uh, we're going to talk about that record tonight that no one's heard about that has that little snake in the corner. You familiar with that? The little snake in the grass. Um, I'm not a big fan of snakes. I like snakes, the color of snakes. I don't know any snakes. I don't know, I don't know any snakes. I like, I do like the album cover though. It looks pretty, pretty sophisticated in all its simplicity. Well, yeah, they did that so they didn't have to autograph it for the next uh, 33 years. Oh, I think it was only about a decade because then they invented this thing called a silver Sharpie. Did that come along in like the later 90s? Different Sharpie yeah. colors? I don't remember. Yeah, as a kid in the 90s, I don't remember Sharpies being other colors other than black. And then you had those one Sharpies or those permanent markers that when you sniffed them, you got really high. They were in like the uh, oh, the metal yeah. tube. You know what I mean, like an aluminum tube. That oh, was like the were... that was like the first version of the uh, like the whiteboard markers, like in like your classroom. The chisel tip, I think they call it. But that was the permanent ones, and when you'd smell them, oh, it would fuck you up something fierce. Yeah, they were metal. They're like aluminum. They're aluminum. Yeah, there's like paint in there or something. I don't know. I used to love those markers though. Shane, quit chewing on the raspberry and strawberry markers. Tell me yeah. when you smelled those, you didn't want to like just take a little, you know, taste test. Yeah, I had the set of scented markers, and it was like I remember the blueberry and the root beer one. Oh man, it smelled <laughs> root just beer like root marker. <laughs> it smelled just like root beer, but it didn't taste like it. It wasn't like Willy Wonka where the snozberries tasted like snozberries. Would it be weird to search for those aluminum markers on Amazon? Find them. And buy them just to sniff them a couple times a week, but never use them for what they're made for? Probably, but because you say that, I'm looking it up to see if I can find these permanent markers. 
and then you could smell text me the marker through the phone. Smell text an old paint scent that is going to get you. You're going to be flying the plane. Smell that. Oh, shit. You're going to get intoxicated real quick. Hey, man. Got to keep the nerves down somehow up there. While, while you look that up, I'm going to introduce our guest. Our guest was supposed to be here two weeks ago for his favorite record, the Mop record. Yeah, but he fell asleep. He fell asleep. He had a long day at the office. Um, he did not want to discuss much base on the Injustice for All era. So here, he's here to talk about all 12 tracks tonight with that little snake record. Well, that's good. Somebody's got to talk about that record because Lord knows I don't have much to say about it. Oh, stop. You have tons to say about it. You're the one that has the most opinions about it. But I've already said them before, so no one wants to hear it. So now that's that's why we invite our our awesome guest because he's going to elaborate and tell this was probably a very fundamental record for him the best part about having this guest on season 11 episode 8 there will be no reason to say 47 goodbyes at the end of the show oh no there definitely will be because now he's here in person (laughs) to witness it just to drive him nuts if you haven't figured it out by now Mr. Mike Pizzle Presley hey hey what's going on guys (laughs) How did I know that's exactly what he was going to say? <laughs> hey, hey. I'm way too predictable. Welcome back to the show, Pizzle. It's It's been one hot minute. Not the Red Hot yes, Chili Peppers is. song, but it's been an actual one hot minute. Pizzle, you're starting to rack up some numbers. What is this, number three? Indeed. Look at that. He was on bass solo take one. And then what else was he on? Oh, the uh, the bass episode of our favorite guitars. Yes. And now we bring him back for a base heavy record fair enough yeah i mean it's pretty base heavy compared to injustice for all at least pizzle just to clear the air what happened on master of puppets week everyone wants to know <laughs> you gave me the link i had it at like 9 30 we we're gonna meet at like 10 next thing i know it's 12 30 at night fair enough a working yeah. man's tired been there <laughs> what you've never been there you never been tired before oh i've been tired all right but you're probably tired right now for a chance to be on app five, I'd be pretty pumped up. I wouldn't fall asleep for that opportunity. I thought when you were snoring, that doesn't mean you were sleeping. Our guest tonight has claimed that, his actual <laughs> quote. True story. Clearly, he must have not have been snoring because he was sleeping. Um, are you gentlemen familiar that Mr. Trujillo won a Grammy this week with Ozzy for Patient Number 9? Yes. I think that's a good song. I actually like that song. I am aware because I still go on social media, unlike our guest. True. But... Yeah, no, it's not a bad song. The album was decent. I mean, I guess Rob's got to win a Grammy somehow because Metallica's not going to win one. Of course they are. They're going to come out with 72 seasons on cassette. That's awesome. Pre-ordered I... already. Did you really? <laughs> Doesn't the Dodge Ram have a cassette player? Well, yeah, but I can't go from the Black Elm to this one's the next cassette that I buy from them. <laughs> <laughs> so you bought the Black Elm in 91, and now you're getting 72 in well, 2023. Got the first five. I think it's a cool idea. I do too, and I like the fact that it's that transparent or translucent yellow. Mm-hmm. It's that clear cool. kind of deck. It's pretty cool. Dude, can you believe that the President of the United States, whether you like him or not, last night in the State of the Union address was using Lars Ulrich quotes? Are you aware of this? Pizzle, what's that noise that you like what to make? The, the other night? The, the, the <laughs> uh. yeah. yeah, that's 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 my thoughts right now. Last night, Biden said, 
That's right. That's right, people. That's right. <laughs> Did he and point I'm like, his finger, wow. though? <laughs> he waved his finger and was like, that's right. That's right, people. That's right. I mean, verbatim, even the way Lars says it, I'm surprised the Metallica fan did not make that somewhat into a meme in the last 24 hours. Someone needs to Photoshop a trucker cap backwards on President Biden with mm-hmm. a toothpick coming out of his mouth. There you go. There's your next meme. Did you hear that, Larry? Larry! Larry! <laughs> all Within My Hands made $3 million at the benefit show, and that's all we got for the news this week. $3 million in one night that they raised. Not a bad night for... Uh... A good old um charity. Well, yeah, when you sign a bunch of shit, you can sell it for a bunch of money. When you sign a LTD twelve string and it sells for forty thousand, yeah, that's doable. Forty thousand for the LTD, or eighty thousand for the greenie I sent you, <laughs> or eighty five thousand, I think it was. Pizzle. What was that on? Reverb Pizzle. There's a, a uh, one of the greenies. You know, they did that limited yeah. run last year. It's one of the relic ones, uh, eighty-five grand. That's well, a steal. Yeah, I was I was <laughs> going to think of getting maybe two or three of them. Cheaper than getting the real one. Fair enough, touche. Right? Yeah. Would they make fifty of those? Twenty-five, I think, or maybe it was fifty. Or something. Yeah, I oh think it was. God. It was a very limited. I mean, if you're fetching eighty-five G's, but I think there were, I think there were like what twenty-five or thirty, something like that. Twenty-five initially. So you spend twenty five, and then the year turns over, Sell and it. now it's eighty five. Yeah, why not? I was. And it's it's funny because last year Dave Mustaine, you know, he unveils his new Gibson V, mm-hmm. and they had they were all the same price twenty eight hundred bucks for everyone, even the limited edition Rust in Peace, which was that slime green color, kind of like the dime slime. Right. And I kept saying I need to buy one of these because every single one of Dave's good signature guitar so basically all of them except the deans have grossed a lot of money after he's not endorsed by them anymore just an investment 2800 for that green gibson v i just saw one sell for 6800 and it just came out last year 2022 and now it's already what february of 23 and it sold on sold on reverb for 68 something like that do you think that green will actually sell for like 85 what he's asking I bet you'll be close. I bet you'll be damn close. Why didn't I buy one? Why? Because it's the ugliest fucking guitar Kirk's ever played in 42 years. Oh, my God. Ugliest ever. Sorry. Pizzle, please help me out here. It's not that bad. See? It's not that bad. There's a lot worse. Uh, Jeff, we need to clear the air and make this very uh, obvious for people. The announcement last week that, one, the only tribute to Metallica is coming to an end, does not mean that APFA is coming to an end. A lot of people were alarmed. Yeah, no. APFA will continue for a few more weeks after the band is done. It a few be, more weeks. Well, remember, <laughs> remember, we're going to get Jason Newstead on in the very near future. So after we hit a million downloads, then it's all it's all downhill from oh, there. After, after Jason is on, I'm retiring. So Jason so, will be the finale. That could happen it, any week now because right, we're very so, close to that show. And if that happens before one ends, well, then I guess APFA ends before one. So... <laughs> That sucks, yeah, but yeah, once the show airs, yeah, hey, done that's, deal. That's what I'm saying is once you've hit a certain milestone, you don't really come back from that. So that's when you hang it up, you go out on top. You know, at least, you know, Carrie King might be pissed off all the time and pissed off that Slayer ended too early, but at least they went out on top. There's something to be said there. I, I agree. They went out when they still sounded good. 
another reason that one is going out while they still sound good. We still sound good. Jeff might not know the Stone Cold Crazy solo, but Pizzle will blow you away with pulling teeth and the intro to Damage Inc. Yeah, Pizzle will maybe play his Damage Inc. again. You might do well, a maybe, bass maybe. I thought you were going to do a bass medley. Don't give I'm the not... secret away. But do you have a big bass solo like planned and sketched out yet? Yeah, a little bit. Is it going to be something from everything? I can't tell you. Well, just 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 give us a little preview. It will involve a little bit of bass from you know most <laughs> of the bass players. The bass. <laughs> uh, Ron. <laughs> well, yeah, he was known the most for having a great bass solo. You going to use a Washburn? I'll put it on record. I will not be doing any fancy guitar solos or anything. So that'll be all on the rest of my bandmates if they want to have their moment. I'll Chris will cover play. for you. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, I'll, a vocal solo. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm down. Like, I'll play <laughs> all the guitar solos, but I, I can't be doing any of these jams because otherwise we might be there until next week. The people listening want to know if we're going to play any rare shit. Are we going to give them any hint, or it's going to be 100% top secret? I think that we can. I think we can play along with it a little bit. I don't know. I don't want to be drop some hints. Yeah, being completely secretive, that's not super fun either because then after a while people are like, well, they're clearly not going to give it up, so we're going to stop asking. You know what I mean? I'm going to give one hint per week. Is that fair enough? Per week until the show? Uh, maybe not. Um, that's quite a few hints. How about, maybe, one, how about one per month? Okay, that's, one per month. The hint so of February, the month March, is... <laughs> that's two hints. <laughs> Well, no, no, so February, March, and then we can do one in the beginning of April, right before the show. All right, aside, aside, aside of mashed potatoes, a song that we all agreed to as of yesterday. I am very pumped to have to learn and play it. The hint is it involves a ride symbol. That's a good hint. Ooh, can I guess? That's a very you can good guess, hint. Please submit your uh, ballot in the nearest Dropbox. That's a good hint because it could be something really, really old or it could be something not as old. Like how many people right now are like ride symbol, like hit the lights, fight fire. Or is it until it sleeps? Until it sleeps, <laughs> bleeding me. I mean, a ride symbol spans There's a most lot. of their shit. Ride symbol, mm, is it going to be a washi ride? Are they going to play Invisible Kid? That could be a possibility too. There's so many different kinds of rides. Like Lord or something. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. See, I like oh, yeah. where, I like where your head's at, Pizzle. Maybe Too Far Gone has a ride in it. Hopefully or not. You Maybe. must burn. <laughs> All right, are we talking about the fucking snake record or not? Let's Enough jump babble. In. Yeah, let's jump into this. You know, after everyone's afraid that you know the band's coming to an end and the show's mm-hmm. coming to an end, maybe they think we're coming to an end as well. We're all just perishing as we sit. We're not perishing. April 7th, Friday night, Bogarts Entertainment Center, Apple Valley, Minnesota. Come meet Jeff and Pizzle in person. Come give Pizzle a hug, everyone. Come actual one, come all. Be, actual member may not be participating. <laughs> little disclaimer. I'm just kidding. Hey, this is the last one, Pizzle. We'll actually go yeah, out and I'll talk to the crowd. We'll come out and talk to the crowd this time. You guys even need to prepare like goodbye speeches on the mic as we walk off. I already know my speech. I already said my speech. I'm going to walk. Rob fucking gorilla noise pizzle. Yeah. I'm going to walk up to the mic. I'm going to say, what does Metallica mean? And then I'm going to walk away and not even say anything. (laughs) Anybody? Anybody? No. There's going to be like a two second of dead silence awkwardness where everyone's going to be like, what? 
Huh? What did he just say? Crickets. <laughs> Same time next year. Yeah, see, that's a good farewell speech. No, see, the reason why you don't want Shane and I giving a farewell speech is it's going to be like when we try to say goodbye on one of and these goodbye. episodes. And, and goodbye. And goodbye. And goodbye. And goodbye. It's going to be the next morning. Everyone's going to be gone, and we're going to still be standing at the mic going, and goodbye. <laughs> By the time we're done saying goodbye, Pizzle already has his ampeg in the back of the ram heading home. Oh, oh no. They're home already. There will be no. <laughs> they'll already be home. There will be no heavy lifting at that show. A little Black Album record that only a couple people bought and a couple people have heard about. Twelve tracks. I would like to put a twist on things tonight and start at track 12 and work our way to the front. Oh, Ooh. bud. I wanted to get all the bullshit out of the way first. Right, we are. Pizzle. starting to struggle. Pizzle went, <laughs> That means he was very interested in the way I'm running things. I stole the idea from Lars because when they played the Black Elements entirety, they started it fucking from reverse. Good thing Shane missed what you said. It was yeah, yeah. right over his head. He would have been so disappointed. Sorry. He'll hear it again. Yeah, when he goes back and edits, he'll go, oh. Yep. What'd you say? I yeah, said. You'll hear it. Should we just, yeah, okay, we'll just let him. We'll just let him hear it. Okay. <laughs> I thought you said you want to get all the bullshit out of the way in the beginning. Yeah, and then what right, Pizzle that's said. That's we're starting with struggle. Oh, okay. <laughs> struggle within um, track 12. You've all heard me say it before. It's one of the most underrated Metallica songs in 42 years. Your thoughts? Because it is a justice leftover, in my opinion. I think the intro is, with all the harmonies and all that stuff. That's To me, I don't want to say the only good part, because that's mean. I do like the song. I really do. I just don't think it's... See, where you think it's underrated, I think it's a little overrated. I don't think it's... It's to me. It's just kind of like a I don't know. It's just a it's a filler kind of song. But the intro is amazing. It's got melody. It's got the big marching snare drum. I think it's awesome. Absolutely love it. But huge build up. Not a it's huge not build up. An and intro it's good for riff. a track twelve. It's a good riff too. The but to me, it's again, it's one of those songs, kind of like the new song where screaming suicide, where it's like it's got a really good verse heavy it's got but then the chorus to me is a little bit lackluster i'm not really right. i've never been a huge fan of the chorus of struggle and i think that's where it kind of like the verse is building up to something really good like in screaming suicide then the chorus hits and you're like and you're like oh you guys oh, could like, polish that so much easier right it's yeah, not that like, it's bad it. but it just it could be a little bit you know what i mean so for me that's it always kind of i don't want to say ruin the song but it just kind of i thought it was a little overrated because of that but Still a very good song, good closing track. Probably probably should have been a little bit higher in the track listing. I agree. I've also said that was yeah. buried for just how that wasn't like a five, six, or seven track. I've always been surprised. Yeah, see, like I would have switched Don't Tread on Me and yep. Struggle Within. That's not bad. I can agree with all of you on that as well. That's That's a damn good swap. I think that would be a good swap. Struggle's one of my favorite solos on that record. I'll agree with you on that. I think it's got a great yeah, solo. It is a great solo. Great it's solo. such a it's a different style. That's why I've always thought that that song's got so much justice like written in it. Yeah, there's like the different key changes and the riff changes like yep. three times during it. So yeah, yeah, the keys are all over the place. There's a lot of odd drum fills. It's not yeah. that's not a four four kind of black album sounding song. 
Yeah, no, definitely the most quote unquote uh, to their roots. You can see where they kind of came from leading into that record. It really makes me wonder where that song was in the writing process, like how early on it was, because it would make sense if it was early on coming out of the Justice record, but it'd be kind of cool if it was later on, and then that was them trying to maybe true get back to a little bit of a heavier sound. Well, not heavy, because Black Album is heavy. It's not aggressive. It's not thrashy. Go! Reaching out, that part right there gets a little weak. It's like they're losing a little bit of steam as the record comes to a close. Almost like they were a little bit tired. <laughs> uh, we've been in the studio since August. It's now June. Are we done yet? <laughs> yeah, and we just or sorry, got October. Off, we just got off a major tour. October to June. Think of that time recording and not playing one show between those two dates well yeah, not just crazy. and and not just recording Fucking i mean crazy. you're recording a not masterpiece but like monumental record you're recording what's supposed to be the right. record the defining record of your career and they yeah. did and they did absolutely i mean yeah. they definitely went in with the mindset of all right it's now now it's time to shit or get off the pot. Are we gonna do this as mm-hmm. a hobby or are we gonna fucking be the biggest motherfucking band on the planet? Very true. But not for a band that big to not play one show. Oh yeah. That's... And they were actually at one on one for nine months straight. That's that's a hell of a mission to be on. That's some focus right there. It is focus. And fast forward to you know, twenty sixteen hardwired comes out after how many years of waiting and now twenty twenty three, here comes seventy seventy two seasons. It's like, damn, can we go back to nine months of you guys being in the studio and out comes the next record? <laughs> right. Without seeing an, uh, a glimpse of them. I yeah, it'd be nice if they could just bury themselves in the studio for eight or nine months, don't play any shows, stay off of social media, and then bam, there's the record, here's the tour. Here's your translucent yellow neon glowing cassette. I might actually buy one of those just because. Just because. Do just you to know have the one. actual cassette is yellow? There's a picture of a pizzle. Oh, I didn't look that far into it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the old puppets ones that were like white. It, it's, like the, it's like the BC Rich Acrylic guitars. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's clear, but it's got the yellow. The print on it's all yellow. It's, yeah, okay. Clear yellow tint. I'm not up to terms with those translucent, clear. <laughs> fancy terms that Jeff uses. Fancy. Jeff, you do you have a cassette, a cassette player before? Uh, I, I do have a boombox. I think yeah, that has a little cassette. See, my fucking B. I'm professionally recorded on a cassette, dude. You record? I uh, see. Look at Pizzle. Oh sure, okay. Yeller. Yeller. You recorded to to cassette. Yeah, it went really real, and the product we put out was cassette. Damn. Professionally produced. I remember when I was a kid, I wanted the Tascam 4-track recorder. and it <laughs> That was, was to, legit in the 90s. And it was, yeah, and it was to cassette, and I'm like, oh, man, that'd be so cool, 4-tracks. All right, we done struggling? Yeah, let's let's move on. Let's go to track 11. Some tells me Pizzle has a lot to say about the only song Mr. Newstead has a credit on, Mr. Pizzle. Absolutely. One of your favorites? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was just messing around with that riff, you know, just like a little bass solo thing. It's supposed to be just mm-hmm. an instrumental to begin with. 
think of misery without lyrics that could have been the instrumental no oh, yeah it totally works that way if you just listen to it mm-hmm yeah think it definitely the, think of the it bridge could've. it could have yep. with the swells so what did you think of the first time you heard that being a bass player and at that age you know at that time there's not a lot of bands that would have had that kind of like that long and well that much of a, of a and... focus point on the bass and such yeah. a a full bass sound too you know it's not just like this little background that you hear in like you know your twisted sister records or your kiss records you know like this is like damn it sounds like there's a fucking 810 in front right. of my face when i'm listening 100 bases coming at you yeah so how does that yeah, how did how... i heard it it was phenomenal i mean it blew me away every time i like put in year and a half life you know that's the background music and yep. the, yep. whatever's going the intro gives me like chills yeah that's playing as they're as they're pouring the steel for the metallica yep. logo <laughs> the steel that's actually paper mache we've come to find out <laughs> yeah. i've never thought about that it just entered my mind that think of misery without lyrics that would have actually worked even with the length of that song it's it would have been a great instrumental oh yeah there's enough transitions and whatnot that it flows pretty good and there's not that many lyrics to that song. It's repetitive, but when you think about it, you could have cut that shit. They say the empty can rattles the most. Shane Rokey in full effect. The, vo- the voice of Jeff wins low. Should I grab the bass and plug it in and, and play along? Hell yeah, dude. I can see you're in your studio there. Sponsored no, by Ampeg, Jackson, and Cannibal Corpse are up there on the wall. Is there a reason they don't play Misery live so much? probably bored playing it i don't know they have to pay jason yeah you think they pay they have to pay him a like a live royalty no i wouldn't think so no no they don't own think it. so no i'd be crazy if there was actually musicians out there that were like no if you're gonna play this song live you have to pay me that's i think that's ridiculous it's like you don't play black and much is that because you got to pay jason or what come on now or is it because James's hand is a little bit tired? His feet aren't tired. His hand is tired. <laughs> My feet hurt. My feet hurt. I wish I had shoes like that. My feet hurt. I wish I had shoes like that. <laughs> Jenny. Uh, Jenny. Jenny, I'm not a smart man. I'm glad we're going in reverse order because we're talking about a lot of bass. The next song, The God that failed another powerful one one of the best bass intro songs just in rock and roll probably do you do period there's do something do. about how that i think that is better than my friend of misery as far as the intro quite different yeah that's a different groove it's a different groove i'm just talking but it's a bass intro it's a bass heavy a bass focused intro yeah. that's what i mean by it not i'm not trying to compare it musically i just there's something about that with that just boom here we go yeah there's just mm-hmm. uh, stomping around yeah think of the pocket and groove on that song yes yep. for the entire I mean we've played that song a few times live yeah and it feels like that's kind of a sad but I hate to compare it to sad but true but it does the have fur- that the further you lay the tempo back on God the fucking better it is oh it's heavy as fuck 
Yeah. It's got the groove. It's got the it's got the weight. That uh, to me now that if you want to talk about underrated songs, that's an underrated song in my opinion. Very much so. Buried in the track listing again. Yeah. I remember calling that song off at some of the big shows we played, and I told myself over re like overemphasize how slow you want this song. Yeah. I remember one time I called that off really extra slow and Pizzle looked at me, but within a second we gelled and it was just like just keep but that pocket was there and I'm like just keep it where it's at because it sounds fucking amazing broken is a promise betrayal yeah and having both the guitars come in left and right alternating that's the best part yes left and right channel yeah <laughs> I think how personal part. that song is when we were talking last week about um, Dyers. Dyers. That's what I was going to say. Again, another one of the glimpses into you can see why and how and where they were going when they went into load and reload. You know what I mean? True. You can, true. You can see glimpses of that early on through some of these songs. It makes sense that eventually all of it would have just kind of. Came spewing out, you know what I mean? Sure. But yeah, that's definitely one of those songs where it's, you know, for a guy who's as reserved as Hetfield seems to be, um, you know, it's 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 him opening up a little bit more, letting letting people well, dude, into about, what's. Think about writing a song about your mom dying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it dying a, a pretty. I mean, death isn't fun, but awful way. Refusing to take any kind of, you know, to the point where you medical feel advice, like where you actually die yourself. In God's no hands. Well, right. that's the thing is, like, and it to it get to the point where, you know, you literally feel as if the one person or one spirit or whatever it is that's supposed to save you fails you. you know right. I mean? To get to that point where you're just like, totally, right, whatever's out there has completely failed me. At that age, I mean, that's got to leave you pretty lost in life, not knowing, like, what what am I going to do? What's the point of it if there's, you know? Right. It's it's a heavy... Big... Yeah. you got to think of his age, though. That when you go from Dyer's Eve to God That Failed, still at a pretty young writing age, writing age to get to that kind of material. Yeah. Oh, God, you're still in your 20s? Fuck. Yeah. I'm going to crack one of these bad boys open, if you don't mind. The Drift. Ooh. Pink what, lemonade drift. What are you drinking on tonight, Pizzle? Oh, dude, I'm exotic as all hell. Old fashioned? No, no, no. Oh. This is by Drecker Brewing Company. This is a raspberry cheesecake, slang du jour, sour a la mode beer. The fuck was that? Was that English? <laughs> uh, some of it. I think some was French. Pizzle, for mode. you, that sounded very sophisticated. Fuck yeah. You are, like a, you are a, for a four pack. Look at that can though. That's badass. That's a badass can. Is that a dragon? Or is that a face? Uh, no, that's some dude with like those slotted glasses on. <laughs> slotted glasses? Some oh, rapper glasses. It looks like an Ed Hardy uh, shirt from 04. Yes, it does. <laughs> that's a sophisticated drink there, Mikey. It's just like cheesecake. 
tastes, yeah, well, my water tastes just like Camo Yeti. But hey, don't worry. I do have the old-fashioned on backup. <laughs> of course you do. He's got the beer and then the old-fashioned in case the beer <laughs> runs out. All right. Came here to do two things, talk to Black Elm and drink some beer. It looks like we're about out beer. Bust out the old-fashioned. Oof, duh. What more about the God of Almighty that failed? Another great solo, simple solo. I was solo. just about to say that, literally. That, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to say another kind that of solo. interesting solo that's a little outside the realms of a normal Kirkish solo. But simple and solid, in my opinion. Absolutely. Just think in reverse order how solid uh, struggle, misery, God solos were deep in the record. Very deep in the record. As we make our way to some amazing solos as we move along the reverse order here. Ow. Best song on the record. We got any wolves out there, Apfa? For me, that's that's going to be the song. That's Jeff has a lot to say about this song. And, and go. Such a simple song. Such a simple riff. Uh, but there's just so much to be said with this song. Again, I think another very underrated song in their career. I wish they played it more. Lyrics are a little bit cheesy, but that's all right. It was the nineties. You're allowed a little bit of that, but mm-hmm. it's got great riff, great solo. It's a song that I always felt like could have been played early on in the set, like two or three slot in the set. Exactly. You know, you're coming out of creeping death and then just right into, you know what I mean? Like it, that's a song to me that it's a driving song, you know, that keeps, sure. it keeps people on their toes if you're playing it live. And I think early in the set is where that song belongs. That riff is juicy. Yeah. That little tail on there, I'm always I was like, that's not metal, but that's got some fucking some catchy pop to it. And let's be honest, the wolf howl has become pretty iconic. It has. One of the best howls is actually Jason during SM one. Yes. Yep. With all the reverb and the delay they put on his voice, too. Like, he sounds like he's, like... <laughs> the only man in a stadium doing it. Yeah. Yes. Sounds so good. Yeah, how they how they mix that and how much he gets into that part during oh, this. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got any wolves out there? Mm-hmm. Damn it! Now see, now I feel like we need to we need to play that song one more time too because I need to hear Pizzle throw out a few howls. Pizzle has done that a few times. Yes, I have. Pizzle, is it enjoyable live, or you're like, this is fucking embarrassing? Depends on the crowd. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're howling, <laughs> if the crowd the, doesn't get it. I'm you're howling. Like, oh, all God. three of them are looking back at me. I'm like, no, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, all but, three. <laughs> yeah, but when you got thousand plus out there and they're all yelling. Yeah, then it's pretty it. fun. And then you get a good sound guy who'll throw the the reverb and yeah. the delay. I can actually on hear myself as I'm saying it's not just my voice right in front of me. Yeah, and it's badass. I remember we played that at Sturgis. That was amazing. Yep. Oh yeah. That's when that's when I got my request to have what was it? I think it was Creep Bitch uh, Wolf 
was the opening. You wrote that set list. That was a. I still. I still think that's a great. A great opening. Those three songs. I think it it works well. How many times do you think they've played Wolf? Now keep in mind the Black Album saw it almost every night. Three hundred. Yeah, three forty six. Three hundred and three forty six. The winner gets a golf clap. Um, if I could find my material here, it's probably in the twos, actually. <laughs> I don't be. know. I'm gonna say like three hundred plus as well. Yeah. Of Wolf and Man. Where's our Where's our Mister God, Mike? He's supposed to be doing this for us. Two sixty one. What did I say in the twos? <laughs> I should have gone with it. Damn it. Yeah. Two sixty one. Before I get any further. Pizzle probably knows this to a T. Pizzle, how many times have you played My Friend of Misery? That can't be much. Take a stab. 86. Jeff? 28. 21! Hey! Wow. Yes! Jeff's been doing his homework. <laughs> I suppose it was only on the Black Album full one. Jeff, since you were so close, uh, give, us, give us your struggle estimate. Oh, fuck. Probably the exact same. <laughs> no, I think they've played that more. That's I'm gonna go 173. 20. <laughs> Told you, Pizzle, right on the money. Yep. I actually didn't know that they didn't play that. Tell me another show that they played that song and that wasn't a Black Album entirety show. I right, guess I don't know. I, that was like, yeah. I didn't realize that that was such a rare song. I Apparently, guess. it missed a show too because it. <laughs> Well, yeah. twenty one was the other one. It, it just goes to show you that I didn't really pay attention to that song very much. Shane's favorite song, and you just fucking blew it out of the air. Gee, thanks, bud. No, I, I, what I did is I gave it way more credit than it deserved by saying okay. I played one hundred and sixty times. <laughs> yeah, you're about one hundred and forty <laughs> off. That's okay. Struggle, misery, God, wolf, and then we get to the ballad. How much do we want to talk about the? Probably most known ballad of their 42-year career. With an orchestra. Very faint. John said it best. That's true, Pizzle. That's hard to live down those words. You choke up, James. You did something right. Arguably one of the best solos on the record. Yeah, because Kirk's not playing it. Oh, it's not, that's not <laughs> why, but I mean, it's just a great solo. I mean, personally, it's my favorite James solo. That's a statement. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a pretty iconic solo. Do you admit th- that it is their biggest quote-unquote ballad? Oh, yeah. Like, you're not going to top that. No. It's probably their biggest song ever. I'd even say that song is bigger than Enter Sandman. Uh, it, man, yeah. it's close. I wouldn't say it's bigger, though. I think it's got a beat on Spotify plays. Well, I do say that's the song that changed their whole career right there. You got a point. I just never think of anything beating Sandman out with popularity in that category. You ever hear that regular song and think there's an orchestra that was recorded for that? Yeah, it's weird to hear it with it because it just almost doesn't fit sometimes. You're like, oh, way too busy now. Like S&M version? Yeah. Yeah. But the original think... studio version with all the orchestra crap. Right. But still, when I listen to the regular, you know, the one that you hear on the radio 87 times a day, yeah, I still don't really 
notice the orchestra in that entire song, just little parts. Yeah, how would you like to be the orchestra that spent the hours to record that just to get snuffed like Jason did in Injustice for All? <laughs> hey, it was Michael Kamen. Yeah, my ears just go back to when they're recording and they have the little dude with the keyboard going. Yep, that's right. Little Casio. Speaking of that, so there is this From the year and a half footage? Yep. There's software, it's a special mic and software that you get now. I forgot the name of it. I have it pulled up here. This is crazy. Just made me think of it. Um, what is it? The software. It's called Vo Vocella or Rochella or something like that. I don't remember the name of it. It's something along the line. It's a special microphone. You sing into the software, and it converts your voice into MIDI. So really, you can beatbox a drum beat, and it'll put it to like if I had Superior Drummer running, it'll put. So if I go. You know, it'll literally perfectly map that out into a drum beat. Or if I decide to hum something, you can put it to an orchestra, maybe a guitar or, a or something. Yeah, it, it, like anything. It's all and it cleans it up like in perfect time for it. Perfect, like with very very minimal latency. The fact that you can turn voice, just like voice audio, to MIDI now because how. Easily right. you can go flat or sharp with that. How does it know what note to go to? Because it has built-in uh, freaking... Auto-tune? Yeah, pitch correction. Yeah, maybe I wanted it to go flat and it's going sharp. Well, then you can fix that once it converts into the MIDI file. You just move it to where you want it so that you perfect it. Like right when you said that, Jeff, the first thing that came to mind was like... So yeah, it'll recognize how you're doing that and it'll convert it to the tom, to the snare, to whatever it is. And you're <laughs> it's insane. I've I'm telling you, man, the software wow. lately that's been coming out, it's that's mind, crazy. Mind boggling. Just think about that. They had to get orchestras or even using the Casio. Now literally you could have a whole entire orchestra and if you wanted to, you could hum the background of nothing nothing else matters. Right. You know what I mean? And it will be complete orchestra just off your voice like you don't even need to know how to play an instrument anymore to make music who needs to go see one the only tribute to metallica tribute band anymore when you've got this kind of technology when you can just hum it we can just <laughs> make puzzle think it like all right yeah lay it down it's gonna get to that point it's gonna like you're Pizzle gonna put can on play some the helmet fucking... Pizzle can play pulling teeth from home and there'll be a hologram yeah. at of him at bogart's <laughs> hey that's a good idea can i get the, we can, can I get play on this virtually. hologram yeah, we can play to... virtually from home. <laughs> Remotely? That'd be great, man. I like that. My wireless actually might reach. <laughs> I think we're on to something, boys. No more live shows. Wave of the future. Yeah. Did you hear that, everybody? The band's sticking around. We'll just be breaking. We won't actually be there, but you can go watch us perform. Yeah. Yes. For the low, low price of $85 per head. Damn, that's like pay-per-view prices. That's <laughs> yeah, not bad. But you get to watch it from your own couch. You can... You got your cooler next to you. The drinks are cheaper. You can smoke. It's right up everyone's alley. And the holograms will pop up in your living room. Absolutely. Well, could you imagine if our ugly mugs were in someone's fucking living room? No. He's like, hey, how's it going? That's like, hey, smel- hey. That's like smell text. Smell text is <laughs> happening. I know that for a fact. I shouldn't right. say fact. I just, I'm just putting big money on it. Just like Bitcoin. Let's, let's put... Big money on that, just like Metallica put big money on through the never. Oh, wait. No, that that was the movie. We're talking <laughs> about the song. 
Jeff, I'm not letting you off the hook. How many times have Nothing Else Matters been played live? Oh, that's got to be 1,100 and sometimes or something. Damn, you're pretty good tonight. 1,260. <laughs> you are doing pretty damn good. Think of playing that that many fucking times. Yeah, that's insane. How many times has Kirk fucked up that intro in 1,200 Every times? Time. <laughs> Every <single laughs> Always had a couple good takes. Wait, how many times was it 1,260? He's fucked it up 1,258 at the time. Okay. Yeah, definitely. One little blink or something. Nobody knew. Oh, we got to give him a little bit more credit than that, Pizzle. Track seven. One, one, this might be a surprise to both of you. One of my most favorite songs to play live, Through the Never. I agree. Great riff. I love the... Such a great riff. Such a great riff. That song is... <sighs> to me that's, that's that's a song that gets you like pumped up for like an event yeah that that has shades of old school metallica in it that through the never riff is almost master of puppets-esque type of you know it's very syncopated yeah very syncopated yes classic metallica style riff that's a perfect placement too in the record like that song couldn't have been placed better Great vocals, and in my opinion, even better backing vocals. Twisting tide through the never. Yep. Yeah. But on through the never, we on out. Love those. That, that's kind of the like I, I was just going to say that the bridge is the only part where it's not like a like a get up and go, like kind of sporting event, like motivational get on your feet kind of shit the bridge riff has that a wolf and man style riff say that again the bridge riff for a wolf and man or of uh through the never is kind of like the a wolf and man yeah that part that's true that little tail yep the little tail end of it kirk has a writing credit on through the never that's the last one he would get until St. Anger. In the dark, see past Jeff's eyes. Pursuit of truth, no matter where Pizzle lies when he lies for the mop episode. <laughs> Let's just do mop part two. We'll just do it all over again. We're going to have to. Love you back in season 42 with Jason Newstead joining us once again. There we go. Yeah, Pizzle wants to be a co-host. He could be our producer on the God Mike when Jason comes on. That'd be Should perfect. Be your waiter, I don't care. <laughs> be- hey, Jason, get your ass over here. <laughs> Bill McClure is listening, and he still has not stepped up to the plate for the God Mike position. Pizzle, do you want the God Mike position? Because Bill McClure Jr. is not hes not stepping up. And you've got a studio there, and you've got a computer. And so. a mic for the god. Yeah. yeah. There's one thing that's holding him back is all that stuff. This is true. I guess I didn't think about that. If we call him right now, he couldn't just hop on like that. Actually, he could because Riverside.fm has an app that you can use through your phone. and you <laughs> It's can Apple-friendly be... now. Yes, he well, can. What am I doing on here? See ya. Yeah, literally. I could. <laughs> we want to see you, Pizzle. Big difference. I'm glad. But you could still see us because it uses the camera. Look at, look at this app right here. 
Send Riverside. Bill the link right now and see if he can get on. Riverside.fm, you download the app, and literally, I could be on, you could see my camera, and I just use my AirPods, and I can, boom, there we go. The best thing about Bill is he's a Metallica fan, but we would have so many fun moments making fun of him for what he doesn't know. Oh, that's not nice, but it's so funny. <laughs> Tell me that's not nice, true. But it's so true. <laughs> Tell me that's not true. It's All right, Bill. True. What song is the Four Horsemen on? Um, I think Death Magnetic. Yeah, it's one of those early ones. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Bill's also probably one of those people who thinks that Quentin Tarantino. Quentin, I can't even say it, Quentin Tarantino directed The Goonies. I don't even know who that is. What? I'm just joking. <laughs> Didn't he make Gran Torino? <laughs> no, Clint Eastwood made Gran Torino. Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> Clint Eastwood and Clint, I can't even talk. I'll just call him Clint. <laughs> Clint, Clint <Tarantino>. Lowry. <laughs> Clinton Tarantino. Clint Lowry. Yeah, do you know who Clint Lowry is, Fizzle? No, he doesn't. I know that name. <laughs> I knew he was going to say something like that. Seven Dust. Nicely oh. done. Boom. Insert wow. game show bell right here. Yeah. <laughs> He knows it. And who's the singer, Pizzle? My, my favorite buddy, right? Yes. Yeah. He even gave Levon. a shout-out video to you. <laughs> Levon. Levon. <laughs> I was Jeff, waiting for it. Jeff, waiting tell for me Levon. we're not inserting that clip right here of LeJohn giving that shout-out to Pizzle when you and I were down you. <laughs> Uh I was waiting for Levon. <laughs> One, two, three. But John is such a nice guy. How can he be so mad at the individual? He has come around a little bit. Oh, he's a, a great bit. guy. He's a great guy. Treated Jeff and I like royalty. Yeah, great guy. He's nice. He had an attitude back in the day, though. Yep. He didn't <laughs> like that modern right guy. Now, it's all good. <laughs> attitude. Back in 97 at Roy Wilkins Auditorium. Oh, he was a pissed off man. <laughs> oh, man. I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, shit. It never gets old. He was not digging the St. Paul crowd that night. Well, mm. it's because St. Paul sucks. Yeah. Just because I had my arms crossed and my back towards him doesn't mean that we weren't giving him some... <laughs> back towards him. Jesus. You would. What comes before Through the Never? Oh, yeah. The song that we Best barely song on the album. ever hear. A little tread action. Can we all can we all agree across the board that this is, times. this is the least favored song on this record? Seriously? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You go um, I would actually take Enter Sandman it. over the song. Oh, yeah. Jeff, stop the Sandman bullshit attitude. He's giving Sandman pri- props I right now. I just gave it props. You're comparing <laughs> Sandman to Tread. That is, that's, that's bullshit. No, you know how much he dislikes Sandman. He would rather listen to Sandman than Tread. You know, Shane, not everybody needs to like that song. It's not that good of a song. You you're not able. Are you talking about tread? No, I'm talking about Sandman. You (laughs) are in. You are in the category of overplayed, overrated song that drives you nuts. Not true because there's someday you're. You know how fucking good of a song that is. Sandman. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, Unforgiven, overplayed, great song, absolutely phenomenal song. I know you're serious. Nothing else matters. Overplayed even more than Sandman. Phenomenal song. Sandman, mediocre song at best. 
All right, fuck that. We'll get to that six tracks from now. We're talking about Don't Tread on Me. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're both saying that Tread is the weakest song on the record. Yeah. Yes. I do like Volbeat's cover of it, though. I have to... I have to agree with you. This might surprise you. That's a close tie with Holier. Holier's your least favorite? It's just... it's What? When I look at these 12... Dude, that's the album opener. <laughs> according to Bob. Exactly. I'm not ripping on Bob, but I think Lars made the better decision. I'll agree on that. I'll agree on that. I do like Holier better, but okay, I when, think they made the right decision there. When you look at these 12 songs... You know I love struggle, misery you can't fuck with, God is heavy, wolf highly underrated, nothing else amazing, through the never right up there, holier's towards the bottom. For me, that is too bad. Now don't, don't say you're going to put Rome or Sad but True below holier. You can't say that. I do. No, it's bullshit. <laughs> I calling your ass out right now. Okay, well I'm yeah, total. Is one of my top five on that album. But my bottom songs are probably "Sad but True," "Enter Sandman." You know, those are probably that's bullshit. The that's all bullshit. It's not bullshit. They, even since I was a kid, those have been at the bottom of the list. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're gonna put holier over "Sad but True" of what I would rather listen to. Yes, listen to. I'm talking about overall song. Sad but true to me is like listening to oh, so. well, the I, black album. I didn't. Theme. I we didn't say what was a better written song. I thought we were talking about what we we were putting out. Better written popularity. Holier's at one of like in the bottom for me. I, okay, I'll admit, Sad but True is a better written song. There's it's it's a well written song. It is. Sad but true is a listener fatigue. Why it gets down at the bottom for me. That's what you're. That's what I'm trying to point out to you. But that's, there's a difference between "Sad but True" and "Sandman." "Sandman" I still think is a mediocre song. It just Pizzle. worked. It just worked for the time period. It was the right place at the right time. I think you just kind of burned out on it. That's why. If you heard that song for the first time again, right correct. Now, maybe if you. I maybe oh, if oh, this is badass. Thank you. I didn't even like that song when I was a kid. When I first heard it, I was like, "Eh, it's okay." Jeff, you still are a kid. <laughs> that's because you were into Saint Anger more. I can't help the fact that I I grew up in I can't help that I grew up in the nineties instead of the eighties. Right. I wish I I wish I could have. Believe me, well, I wish I could have. We're could've. trying to pull in. I Believe wish I could have. Believe me, man. I wish I could have heard Enter Sandman for the first time when that record came out, so I could have got that monumental effect. But I didn't get that monumental effect, so it doesn't hit me the same as it hits you guys. And I get why it hits people that way. But I truly believe if that song came out in 2023, it'd be a flop. Unless Metallica put it out. Unless Metallica. Some random band on their fifth album put that song out today. I don't think it would be anywhere near. If any band of them put it out, it wouldn't be anything. If Metallica put that out in April, you'd be like, holy fuck. On their fifth record, they weren't weren't what they are after. They were still an up and coming technically when that album came out. They they weren't like the master of metal when the black album came out. They, I'm not saying they weren't big. They were still big, but they weren't. You know what I mean? They weren't changing the world yet. At least the majority of people didn't realize it. Is what I should say. They weren't getting the recognition for it like they should have. 
I do respect you for the fact that Pizzle and I push you on this topic, that you're burnt out on it, but you, you hold your ground on that opinion, and you have for many years. It's just that song. I'll admit when it comes to listener fatigue and I get burnt on it. A sad but true is one of them. That's why I will admit that when if you're talking about what's a better written song between sad but true and holier, I will admit with you sad but true is a better song. I think it's a well-written song. I think it's put together well. Absolutely. It's got a catchy chorus. That, to me, is a listener fatigue where I'm just like, ah, I've heard it too many times. Because the intro is so long and drawn out, you're like, mm, next track. But it's got a great riff. It's got a good hook. It's got a good sing-along, catchy chorus. It's got all the ingredients for a good song. All right, we'll get to it. We're we're currently talking about the toe tapper called Don't Tread on Me. That's got a jazz swing to it. <laughs> I yeah. think, so this is another one of those songs where I think it's got a great verse, but then the chorus right yeah it just doesn't sound right see like the way volbeat did it they actually changed the melody line of what they were playing to compared to what metallic is and i actually think it fits better and that's why i actually like their cover better which is so really surprising so you like love it or leave it she with the deadly bite but you don't like the so be it yeah threat no more not a big fan of that okay but yeah, like the the verse itself, it's it's got a heavy verse. It's and it's got a catchy, you know, kind of sing along type of verse almost. All right, I think we're done talking about tread. Track five, a listener fatigue song for me from the get go. And this might <laughs> surprise people that listen to the show. Jeff Pizzle, Chris, and I have sound checked to this song literally 600 plus times. Yeah. Sound check. It's just one of those songs that works well for sound check well, yeah, because it has harmonies and harmonies. Clean, you got distortion, clean, you got backup vocals, intro tapes, lots of tom toms. drums, yep. tons of drums. It's a great sound check song, but every time when it comes time to play it in a show, it's like. All right. I just like it because I, I don't have to think. Never have to think when it comes to that song. And we play it well. We, we play, play it. Song. That's one of our better songs. Well, that's because we practice it every single show. Good point, Pizzle. It's People don't realize the, how long that song is. Quote, unquote, better listener fatigue songs. It's one of those songs that it's like, yeah, burnt out on it, but it's... It's a good song. It, it's, it's a great song. And the great lyrics song. and... Yeah. and you know, it's it's their version, essentially, in my opinion, of Turn the Page. Sure. Like, on yep. the road? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great video, too, because it's all fucking tour footage. Yeah. Yep. On I the stage. Great video. 824 times. I kind of thought it would have been higher. Me, too. Me, too. Like, a thousand, thousand plus, even. Well, we've played it 650 times. They've played it 824, so we're we're zoning in on them. Zone it. <clears throat> Great life, too. Track four, uh, a lot to talk about. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, yeah. second best song on the Pizzle. record. Second best? Yeah, a train coming, a great solo, and a song. There you go, next song. Second a best train. or second favorite for me. <laughs> I should... <laughs> I feel like I should rephrase it. Uh, musically, I actually, next to nothing else matters, potentially, maybe even My Friend of Misery, probably the best written song musically on the record. I second that. 
I said second very best well because it's my second favorite song. And again, that's a very popular song, but it's that well written of a song that it's one of those songs that even though it's popular, gets played a decent amount, you know, gets radio play still to this day a lot. It's one of those songs that I just I never get sick of when I hear it. And I didn't initially like it that much. I don't know oh, what really? it was. Yeah. And now you do? It's not until like I learn how to play it or something like that that kind of just did something. Too slow for you, Pizzle. It might be. Yeah, I remember skipping over back in the day when it came out. This may sound fucked up one night. Like Jeff and I talked the last couple weeks about what's the first thing you think of when you hear an album title? Like Jeff with puppets, he's like, oh, definitely the album cover. When I think of any time anyone says the black album, I think of like the year and a half footage of like the Unforgiven solo like segment. Yeah, when he's sitting there and doing the guitar the- player of the, of the year solo. Anything with the black album, I picture a lot of like year and a half footage. Yeah, that's like what when I we're playing, nothing else film. matters. I picture oh, yeah, the music just video like, sitting there. Yeah, like anytime we play the full version of "Nothing Else Matters," I picture a lot of that video and one-on-one footage. Picture Jason with the big ass bass. Yeah, the oversize. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people think of Sandman, obviously, and probably nothing else matters, but. It's usually unforgiven whenever I hear, quote-unquote, the Black Album. Yeah, I I mean, Unforgiven's up there. I I don't know. I feel like Sad or Rome is probably where my mind goes first when I think of the Black Album. I feel like that, probably Rome, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, just when it kicks in, to me, that's like the epitome of the Black Album and the Black Album Tour is that song that intro just there's something about that 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 to me screams black album this kind of surprises me oh wow huh. that's lower than i thought it'd be yeah i definitely i would have probably said like seven or eight initially like eight or nine hundred mm-hmm. times we're at 517 yeah it's not very much i mean it's a lot but compared when you think of how long we've had that song in our life yeah one of your favorite solos, Jeff, or no? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. And one of my favorite solos to play live, too. That's it's what actually, I meant, playing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an actual, like, it's a fun solo to play because it's a little unconventional compared to the typical It's not pen- the normal Kirk. Yeah, it's not the typical pentatonic E minor, you know, runs that he does. He actually does some different movements in it that I remember when I learned the solo, I actually was like, oh, wow, that's. Not really, like, when you listen to it, that's not what I thought that he was playing when I when I heard Got it, you know it, what I mean? Sure. And then once I broke it down, I was like, damn, this is actually a pretty cool solo. It's actually pretty fun to play.
not too difficult, obviously. You know, he doesn't do anything too flashy in it, but it's it's tasty. On, I haven't talked much about drums tonight. When you play Unforgiven live, you really have to hold it back. Yeah, that's a song I can see, especially I in have the to later years when they would like the fills. When they would to play really, it live, really hold them back, or else that song can take off on you. And if that song gets fast, it it it's not good. Yeah, it almost gets this kick, man. You're hitting a new note, so it's that's really controlling the whole song. I I feel like as they start, you know, because they some big later in their career, they would really start speeding songs up when they would play that. It almost feels like it kind of gets like this, like when you speed that song up, it almost gets like a like a bouncy feel, or it doesn't it doesn't sound like it's like Mm -hmm. kind of in the pocket. It feels like (laughs) there's just something about it where it's like yeah, if you're if you're going a little too fast, it sounds. Sounds a little dicey. Yeah, you don't want. They dedicate their lives to running all of his. He tries to please them all. Step up and be the man. (laughs) (laughs) Come all, come one, come all. This bitter man, he is. Chris sings that song really fucking well. Very well. Yeah. Who would have known it would have got a trilogy? That's a good point. You know, when that song came out, it's. Not a lot of bands were doing the whole sequel songs, and then Unforgiven Two comes out, and to probably most hardcore Metallica fans, they're like, "This is not better." But to people who actually listen to it and hear the music of that song, right. they're like, "Wow!" You know what I mean? Yep. I loved how the videos matched each other, though. Yes. Yeah. Yep. How two was a, a mirror of one. I'm like, that was a cool idea. Such a great concept. See, this is another one of those riff-oriented songs, riff-driven songs, where it's like you can 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 see the old school Metallica, the syncopated staccato riff. True, true. Fun riff to play live. That's hell yeah. That's one thing I always enjoyed with this song is playing that riff. That's a short song for that kind of era of Metallica. That's what I like about it too, because it it's just it's different. Was it like it was, four minutes. It's got like a hard wire. Four minutes. Kind of, got like three riffs to it. Done. Mm-hmm. There's not much going on in there. Fun to play. Yep. It's actually one of the first songs I ever heard off this record. Really? It's probably yeah, like second or third I had ever heard off this record. It makes sense being in the third position. No, 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 no. I because <laughs> okay, smart ass. <laughs> it was track three, Jeff. <laughs> you know what I mean, Pizzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before you judge me, take a look at you. Can't you find something better to do? That's my jazz version. When I was a kid, I always thought the song was about Dave Mustaine. Because <laughs> the crap rolls <laughs> okay. out your mouth again, or what? Just, yeah, it seemed like a diss track. I don't know. Maybe it's because, you know, at the age I was at, everybody around me listened to, listened to rappers who put out diss tracks about each other. Gotcha. So in my mind, I was like, oh, it sounds like he's talking crap to, about he's someone. Dissing like, Dave here. Like, this must be about Dave. <laughs> my favorite line in Holier is, you lie so much, you believe yourself. Judge now. I always scream that out loud when we're playing it. You might look like I'm sinking along, but I'm actually screaming it. I just can't be heard. 
Let's get him a microphone. You'll look just like Pizzle Ooh, with a microphone. We don't want to do that. No, you don't want Shane singing at the at the final farewell show. And yeah, all the AFA alumni that are going to show up are going to be chanting Shane O'Rourke. He's going to take all time. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> singing every song. <laughs> There you go, Pizzle. We got to play disposable. There's disposable. Yeah, get him the vocoder thing, and we can just transcribe it. Give me that new MIDI fucking software, Jeff. Yeah, you can just play the drums into the microphone with your mouth. There we go. You all come out just like this. All right, you guys ready? And go. And we're done. Thank you very much. It's been a hell of a run. Now, I have to touch on the topic of, I know Mick Rock listens to our show every week. Mick, I'm not ripping on your dad. Your dad is a genius and made Metallica the biggest band in the world. But I would love to see more of that year and a half footage when Bob and Lars are arguing about what the first single should be. I mean, think about if it would have been holier and not Sandman, how how things would have been different. Now, I mean, I mean, fucking really different. I think yeah, that. You never know. Yeah. Now, no, you talk about first song or first single, because I think they could have released "Holier" as the first single, but I think I they still were think, talking song or were they talking opener? I think it was. I think it was album opener because I was going to say yeah. single. "Holier" could have definitely been the first single with "Enter Sandman" still being the first track. I think that would have been a great move. Releasing holy, he wanted track one to be holier. See, and I don't agree with that, even though I think it works. Though we'll never know. It could have been just as impactful as hearing Sandman first. It's open that. Just think that holier could have been as popular as Sandman. I just, it's hard to wrap your mind around that, knowing where we're at today. That's not necessarily true, though, because it doesn't mean that Sandman had to be number one to be the most popular song. I don't think that matters because look at nothing else matters. Song number eight, most popular song ever. Best song they ever written, Master Puppets, track two. You know, think of all the track number ones yeah, that, true. that aren't their biggest songs that they don't even play anymore. How many of their track one songs do they even play live anymore other than Blackened? Battery? No, they, play, they, play, they play them. You mean on a regular rotation? Yeah, yeah. They're still playing Lights, Fight Fire, Battery, Blackened. Obviously, some of the newer, they're, they're not playing. Bring back bitch. Yeah, they're not playing bitch. They're not playing that was just your life. At least now they're playing frantic again. <laughs> yeah, fuel is always in there. I guess I'm not saying that. My point is, is what Pizzle was saying is Sandman could have still been just as impactful if they would have done holier Sandman, sad but true, maybe. You know what I mean? Sad but true could have been in the three spot. It's just funny when a record is so ingrained in your head of how big it is yeah. that you can, no matter, even sitting here right now, it's like, I cannot picture Sandman saying track three. Right. It's it is just so on. weird. Like, Sabbath True and Ga, 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 John. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean? It does seem a little wonky, but think about Holier, though, as. Yeah, I hear you. Just for a second, you know, as they're coming out of justice, coming out of coming out of justice, I don't, I don't see holier being that bad as a, you know, of an opening track. It would have like a hardwired kind of intro feel to it. Yeah. Oh, totally. Absolutely, I can see exactly where he was going with that because Sandman, it was going to be, it was going to be the biggest song no matter what. 
whether I like it or not, it was going to be a big, it's a big song just because it had that hook. It had the lyrics that people could remember. It had, you know, the, the similes with the, the fairy tale, you know, or the Alice in Wonderland, you know, off to never, never land or Peter Pan, whatever the fuck it is, you know, right. It had those, those connections. So, I mean, I think that song was destined to be huge no matter what. I love when they play Holier Live and they let Rob have an extra like four measures. Fuck yeah, they do. It's the only way to do it. It sounds just, it's just a fun part where it's just, it's just heavy. Yeah. Just keep it going. Bring in one guitar. It's simple as that. Just bass and drums. It's just, it's like, God, that's just a fucking great eight measures of bass. Yep. All right, on to track two. Jason Newstead said this song made the Black Album what it is. That's when the sound and the heavy metal train kind of changed the tracks in Metallica's history. Sabatru. I can see that when it kicks in. Yeah, I mean, it had that wall of sound that... That's what he said, wall of sound. And when you tune that down... You weren't you weren't getting that on any other record, you know. It, even previous records, puppets, ride the lightning, kill them all. Yeah, there was more bass than but just for one Justice for all, note but, to just be but, so powerful. But yeah, right? it wasn't it wasn't still what what the black album was actually being able to hear that low end. You know what I mean? Yep. It was the cashmere of the 90s, gentlemen. That's right. Another Bob quote. Cashmere of the 90s. Oh, I mean, Bob's all over this. Well, he had a part to do. Dude, you got to think. And we've said it 50,000 times before. Without Bob, James and Lars had those Black Album songs ready to go. Think about if Fleming would have made that record. I always wondered that. Would we be talking about how big they got without Bob? Mm-mm. No, I've heard the demos. No. Because like <laughs> I've heard the demos. Didn't really get put together. Right. No, I don't think they, I think, and we, I talked about this briefly when we, when I did my, uh, I was at Master Album or whatever it was, when I yes. said that having someone like Mutt Lang would have been interesting to see. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. I think set a, maybe you put like him aside. Bob was really the only person that was going to bring them. Yeah, I mean, no. they needed they needed a producer. A sound. Yeah, they needed a producer of that caliber. And even though Mutt, you know, in my opinion, at that time is probably holding some of the biggest, you know, records for biggest sure. singles and 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 bands and artists he's worked with. He wasn't going to create that wall of sound that Bob did. Nobody no. at that time had that sound. It's true. It's no. a very good point. Like Pizzle said, like listen to the demos. Right. For as much credit as Metallica gets for writing amazing music, which they should get all the all the credit they deserve, Bob doesn't get enough credit for essentially making them who they are. 
Like we might not be talking about this record if it wasn't for Bob. I don't know if we'd even be talking about this band if it wasn't for Bob. We just fizzled off. That's I'm, a big statement. I'm not going to big statement, Jeff. No, I'm not going to go as far as what Pizzle said and say they would they fizzled off. But I don't you think know. I don't think they would have been the biggest band in the world without Bob Rock. I, and I I, yeah. I agree. It's just yeah, when you they think might still about be around, but just doing like everybody else, they just kind of. Yeah, and like it's not to and that's, years off and it disappeared for a while. It's and, not to say that Bob made Metallica or that Metallica needed Bob, but they needed each other. When you combine the two of them together, that's when it became this magical thing. It's not thanks that, to Bob. They're not playing state fairs in 2023. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they would be like what a lot of these bands are, where they're just a you know casino state fair which is not bad i don't take anything away from those bands they can still make really good money play to some great crowds but they're not selling out u.s bank like metallica is well said i think we've talked about salmon enough yeah I do too. what do you think gentlemen sure all i know is i had fun talking to mick rock bob's son for being the Little boy at the time saying his prayers. Well, since we're going to kind of skip skip our whole segment because we've talked about the song enough just throughout the last couple of years on this podcast, my vote has to do with what we were talking about earlier. And it's, voting for all. Is it based around Sandman? It is, yeah. It's, wow. Uh, do you think that Sandman, and we kind of already answered this, but this is for the listeners now. Do you think Sandman would be as big of a song as it was if it wasn't the opening track. Whether it switched with Holy or whether it was song number two, whether it was song number well maybe not. Is it still the first single released? Sure. Because that's how, yeah. Same. Yeah, but Okay, so your first song you hear off the record before it came out. Because that was the first single that was released, correct? Right. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, you're so saying yeah. Sandman was the first single the world heard, but it's not track one. It's not track one. Let's say okay. it did switch with Holier, and it's number three now instead of being number one. Does Sandman so the vote still... is, if Sandman was deeper in the track listing, would it still be as big as it is today? Exactly. I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I'm going to say slightly less. I'm going to say yes, not depending on where it was. If it's in one through six, 12. yes, I think it stays the same. If twelve. It's, <laughs> if it's six through twelve, then... It's a closer. But then again, though, look at Nothing Else Matters. That's unfair to say. It's their biggest song ever. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna go to Metallica here and let's just see. I'm curious to see what the top song. Okay, so I mean, top songs on Apple Music does have Sandman over Nothing Else. And Nothing Else is buried deep in the track listing. So that's a, it's an interesting interesting way of looking at it because you just you don't know if it's just the fact that like what Shane and I were talking about in previous episodes of like why do songs seem to get forgotten about when they were buried in a track listing well like you said you know you don't want to flip over the tape you don't want to fast forward right. it, whatever it may be but then look at nothing else right I mean that's in, that's like almost in the middle of side B of the Black Album. Maybe it's just that important that people will wait to get to it. Exactly. So that's what, effort to get that's what makes it. me wonder, like, Sandman probably was, it was going to be that song anyways. Exilite, Enter Night, voting opens early Thursday morning, closing late Thursday night with results on Friday. 
And that right there, gentlemen, is a little black colored record with a little snake in the corner. I do want to give one good shout out to Ender Sandman, though, that I will say even to this day that I do like about it is the solo. I've always liked the solo and I like playing the solo. Oh, God, yeah. I think it's a great solo. More whammy, more wah, the better. Great rock and roll solo. Definitely not a metal solo, but a great rock and roll solo. Pizzle, Jeff is turning the corner on Sandman just in this episode to get that vibe. See? He just said he likes something about it. Jeff is blossoming. He's growing. <laughs> I'll still, if that song comes on, I'll still change the radio station. Oh, yeah, I won't ever listen to it, but like I love playing it live. <laughs> oh, yeah, I won't ever listen to it. <laughs> well, yeah, playing it live is a different story, especially when there's. Playing it live is of fun. People. Playing it live is fun. That's what I, I will never. I'll the energy goes to a next level when we kick in with Sam, and right. I don't care I, where we're at. It it always agreed. it always kicks in. Agreed, and I'll never knock it when it comes to playing it live. But yeah, it I'll, takes the room to another level for about six minutes. Yep. 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 We sounded like King of the Hill there. Yep. 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 Boomhauer no, with the Mack truck hat. That's Dale. I got some propane to sell. Also, yep. propane and propane. Damn it, Bobby. Oh. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> that watching, was really good. I've been watching King of the Hill lately. <laughs> Coming back, you know. You realize know. that. They're rebooting it on Hulu. I'm yep. so excited. Jeff, are you aware that King of the Hill was born because of Beavis and Butthead? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's the neighbor. That was, that was fucking Anderson and Beavis yeah. and Butthead. Yeah, that's Hank Hill's voice. That, Anderson, yeah. Of I all love... neighbors and Beavis to become king, and that became a pretty popular show in the late 90s. It was like 13 seasons of it. Was it? Yeah, King wow. of the Hill. Like 13, there's like 13 or 14 seasons or something like that. I love how he's always catching Bobby with like the blow-up doll. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> the black album gentlemen 12 tracks an hour and 25 minutes i only got I yelled at I, a couple times for distant sandman so we'll i call didn't it yell at you pizzle and i held you to the fire and you fucking held your ground bro yep i good lord i will stand my ground we gotta check you every now and then yeah and you guys were yelling at me practically spitting in my face oh we'll yell at you once we get off the air here Wait till we see you at Bogart's on April 7th. We're going to physically spit on you. Hey, I'll play the solo correct. Don't worry. You need to learn Stone Cold, The Day That Never Comes, and Sanitarium again. None of those songs will be played live. Sure about that? Maybe not with you there. Well, hey, if Nico Valdez wants to come up and play play Stone Cold, if Mark Oslin wants to come play Stone Cold and Bread Fan. (laughs) Dan Osberg, plug in. Oh yeah, I'll get him a I'll get him a wireless so that his cable isn't stretched. No, it's all good. We'll be a moment with all six members on stage. Oh man, it'd be like the anniversary <laughs> like reunion pizzle. That would actually be kind of fun. I want to be up there with all the other Kirks. Good thing there's only been one drummer, so we don't need like six snare drums lined up for Am I Evil. Yeah, I'm the only one that's been replaced. Well, not <laughs> or that I've replaced. Or yeah, you guys get what I'm saying. It's going to be fun. Friday night, April 7th, Bogarts Entertainment Center, Apple Valley, Minnesota. Jeff, Pizzle, Chris, Shane Roki. One last time. Back to where it all started. I can't wait. And I gave out the hint of the night. Ride symbol. That's all I'm saying. Next week, another hint. Pizzle, are you crying inside? Next week, next month. Oh, that's right. Sorry. 
Jeff, the song I gave a hint to is a fucking song that you actually got your way with. I had to, I felt like I had to freaking fight and claw my way to get that song. It was one how, song. How pumped are you? I'm extremely pumped. Okay. I, it's the one song I've been wanting to play in this band for a decade, and it's finally going to so happen. So you I do have to learn that? Yes, you do have to learn that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Pizzle. In stone. I think yeah, I it's already think been printed. Look, the set list is printed. I feel like looking at it, if it's somewhat similar to what was sent, I think there's going to be a few songs that we play that we haven't done live as a band before. Yeah, there's three songs I've been starting to do a little homework prep on. Yeah, there's there's one in particular that's gonna. We're, I'm gonna have to make sure I really get my my down picking down for. <laughs> I have a hunch. I know which one that is. Yeah. I'm excited. All right. I, I, I like a challenge, but, let, man, let, we've got some badass tunes in there as well. Let's hang up so we can talk about this talk off about the air. It. Yeah. Say, Bye, Pizzle. <laughs> Bye, Pizzle. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 8 in Season 11, the little mini snake album. I had fun. Next week. Great, great episode. We're putting a – Jeff, do you want to tell the people next week's a little bit of a twist? It is a to little bit the of, discography leading up to seventy two seasons. Yeah, so it's we're gonna do things a little bit different since we just recently had. No, don't um, tell them everything. Just say it's gonna be a little, just just a touch different, just a pinch. A little pinch. A pinch. Different. Put it this way: we're, we're we might do a little bit of taking out, combining, adding some things, taking away some things. It's gonna be some fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be cool. Looking forward to it. I think the, the black album is gonna dun, dun, be. Can't wait for trivia. <laughs> you ready for trivia, Pizzle? I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Pizzle, what is track two on load? <laughs> actually has to think about it. <laughs> That's I right. do. That'd be like me track saying what, two. what's track nine on hardwired. I'd be like, I don't even know. You guys are pathetic. Don't even know. I don't know. How's the jack built? <laughs> oh, close. Two by four. I know. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pizzle, like a couple years in the van, was like, Guys, I got something to admit. I have no idea what's on Reload versus Load. <laughs> no, it's one album to me. Jason Newstead said the same thing. You know that? Maybe Exactly. Newstead said, I couldn't even tell you what's on And he was on, on it, so he can say it, I can say it. <laughs> he was serious. I'm like, oh my God, he's being fucking completely 100% right now. Yep. <laughs> Carp Diem or King? No idea. It doesn't matter. Doesn't <laughs> Yes. <laughs> just, I recorded them back to back, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I probably recorded <laughs> them the same day. Every answer yeah. is just yes. Been fun, boys. Uh, Pizzle, thanks for joining us. Jeff, Thank you. I will see you next week. I'll see you next week. Pizzle, thanks for joining us. And, uh, well, Thank you. bye, Pizzle. <laughs> see you, Pizzle. Oh, Pizzle. He, he said bye to Pizzle. Pizzle, before we leave, something that we need from you is a radio ID. Get creative oh. right now. Let's hear it. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. One of your famous quotes. This is Mike Presley, blah, blah, blah. And you're listening hey, to the podcast this is Pizzle. for all. I know you got it in your bud. Hey, hey, hey. This is Pizzle. And you're listening to And Podcast for All. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, oh, perfect. That was fucking good. We're leaving that in there. One take. That was perfect. Well, I am known for one take when I'm in the studio. So that is true. And now that his heart racing. He's going to get his heavy breathing. I told you, I told you, I told you. <laughs> Stop my foot. Jeff, what airport did that quote take place? That in? was MSP. That was on the yes, way to. Was. was that on the way to Bahrain? Yeah, I 
told you, I told you, I told yes, you. Yes, it was. Because that, <laughs> that was the whole pass. Oh, my God, dude. Chris got all pissed off, and he stomped his foot and said that at Pizzle. <laughs> I watched it. I watched it. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. That's the name of this episode. I told you, I told you, I told you. I told you. Not the From Black Elm. I told gonna you. Start, we're going to start naming our episodes just random lines from mm-hmm. each from each from episode. tour. All right, boys. It's been fun. I'll see you soon. Nighty night. And goodbye. All right. And goodbye, Pizzle. Bye, Pizzle. Bye-bye. Bye, Pizzle. We've been saying bye for like 10 minutes. Bye, Jeff. Bye. It's a long bye. It's special when I'm here. It needs to be extra long. That's extra very special. friggin' long. Don't forget Bug Arts, April 7th. Goodbye. Seven bye. star reviews. Goodbye. And bye. None of that five star shit. And we'll see you. Bye. <sighs> Metal up your ass. Off to the Dodge Ram. Off to the Dodge Ram and goodbye. Pizzle's Dodge Ram looks good now. I know. I got to see it. So let's say goodbye so I can see it sooner. Oh, it'll goodbye. be rusty by the time we get to April. <laughs> <laughs> and goodbye. And goodbye. <sighs> so close, no matter how far. Couldn't be much more from the heart. Forever trust in you. I seek and I find in you Every day for us something new Open mind for a different view And nothing else matters Never care for what they do Never care for what they know
Thing else matters.